Hello, may I welcome you to episode 61 of Moving Matters. I am your host, Colin Wynn. I hope Moving Matters will give you an insight to others working or have worked in this wonderful industry as I delve into their past, their present and their future. You will find a new episode of Moving Matters on the second and fourth Thursday of each month. In this episode, we discover that my guests returned to the industry five years ago after taking a decent break, but started within the industry at the tender age of 16. We discuss his challenges, what he would change from his moving past, his high points, what changes he would make to the industry, the advice he would give starting out again, his predictions for the next five years, and what he does outside of the workplace. And as always, we end moving matters with a funny, or rather difficult, moving story regarding any van and Shipley. My guest this episode is Craig Atkinson, director of Craig Atkinson Removals. Enjoy. Good morning, Craig. How are you this morning? Hi, Colin. I'm not too bad. You? I'm very well, thank you. Welcome to Moving Matters. Thank you. So, can you tell everybody about yourself and the length of time within the industry? So, my name's Craig and I own Craig Atkinson Removals based up in Burnley, Lancashire. I've been in the industry for about five years on my own, but I started when I was about 16 and then had quite a decent break in between that. I started at 16 with with a small man and van locally to me and did about three years with him and then went on and did various other jobs like delivering beds and factory work and all kinds of stuff up until I was about 25. And then I started doing a bit of any van and Shipley work with my dad, which was uh, insightful to say the least. (laughs) But it did give me a lot of experience, not the removal side, but what not to do and all things like that. Yeah. But then in, in 2018, we started up as, as Craig Atkinson Removals, me and my wife, Jordan, and it's gone from strength to strength, really, since then. I take it you don't do any of the any van stuff anymore? Oh, no. When we first started up, when I did it with my dad, we were a lot different to what it is now. So they only took a small percentage from the transport provider, let's say. Yeah. I think it was about 5%, and you used to collect the money from the customer directly, and, and you had your own terms. Whereas they got a bit bigger and greedier, they started taking up to like 50% and we didn't really have any control. But we were out of it by that point anyway. So you started in the industry at the age of 16 with a man and a van, working for a man and a van, I should say. Yeah. But what does your company now do? Tell everybody about your company and the services it offers. So we're still a relatively small company and we only do domestic moves and some packing services. But that's really as far as it goes. We like to stick to us bread and butter, what we know. We don't really get involved in any international or European work. Commercial? Very limited, small offices and stuff. Yeah. I think the biggest one we've done were like a 5,000 square foot office. And there were a lot of problems that come with it because we weren't prepared, like risk assessments. And we got to the new place and they wanted to know where his hard visits were and his safety boots and... Yeah, yeah. We just we just don't know nothing about it, so we don't really advertise for it until we get to to know it a bit more. So, how many vehicles do you run then, Craig? And how many staff do you employ? So, there's six of us all together. We've got three vehicles, and we tend to hire a lot, especially over the last two years where it's been so busy with the stamp duty and and the rest of it. So, we've just hired 
we've probably had the demand to buy a couple more vans, but we've literally just hired them in as we've needed them, really. So are you interested in potentially doing European or international, or is that another one of those, I just don't want to do it, I'd rather keep my vans local, that's where your name is, that's where your bread and butter is, that's what you're happy with? No, so we're going to literally stay where we are. We don't want to do any European or international work. Me and Jordy did a trip to Benidorm a couple of years ago, and it turned out to be a disaster. We made zero <laughs> zero money. I think we come back with minus and three thousand miles on the van, which it really did show when we got back. The van didn't run as smooth as it did before it went, and we had nothing to show from it because we actually went in lockdown as well. So we went to Benidorm expecting to go to John and Joseph's and rest of it for a beer, and it was all shut. It was a ghost town. <laughs> so we got nothing from the trip whatsoever. So do you do storage or anything like that? So no, we again, we use a third party right. for storage. We offer the storage, but we just send them directly yep. to them. So it's more cost effective. And do you have intentions of providing storage in the future? Yeah, or? definitely. It's just getting to that point. I think what we're trying to do before we get into that is perfect what we do now and get some structure in place ready for when we take that, yeah. that leap, really. Now, I have one question about the livery of your trucks. Because A, they stand out, yep. and B, you have Tommy Turbo, which all listeners, you must go to Craig's website and look at Tommy Turbo. Links will be in the show notes for the episode. I recommend you go look at Tommy Turbo because he is awesome. Where did he come from, Craig? It was just a brainwave, really. We wanted to stand out from everybody else. And the, the bright yellow vans weren't good enough. We wanted something bigger and bolder. So we pondered on the idea of a mascot of some kind, and we come up with all kinds of stuff like giraffes and you name it, we thought about it. And then we just come up with Tommy Turbo. So we got someone to draw him, and then we had him animated. Now he's outside of the vans and the website, the letterheads, he's everywhere. And tell our listeners what Tommy Turbo is. Well, he's a turtle, I think, or a tortoise, one of them. We're not quite sure. <laughs> And obviously the, the meaning behind it is he's got a home on his back and he carries that round with him. Yeah. But then we realised he was slow, a turtle is slow, so we had to call him yep. Turbo to make it look like he was fast. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where he come from. I think it's absolutely awesome. I, I would be doing so much marketing with Tommy Turbo. I really, really would. I'd Seriously, I'd, I'd be having A3, A4 bits of paper for the kids to literally colour in. I'd hold monthly competitions. I'd be doing so much with that turtle. I really would. We've got loads of ideas for him, like big balloons and trailers being pulled along the road with big turtle on it. And there's loads of stuff we've thought about. We've actually thought about creating a family of turtles for each van so maybe oh, get him the father turtle was tommy turbo then a, then a child on another one and creating a family of them but there's loads of ideas that you can do with it no you, you you've got to do them you have to do them you seriously have to do them so what challenges have you had to overcome then craig so in terms of challenges there's not really been any direct challenges but one challenge i find myself in is getting out of my own way really I've held myself back every year. I've said I'm going to take risks and whatnot, and I've just not really done it. That's the thing, the biggest challenge I've come across is, is myself, mainly. What, stepping out of your comfort zone? Yeah, that's exactly that. 
I think of ideas and I, I kind of know what I'm doing and in my head I know what I need to do next, but I don't actually act on it half the time. So that's been my biggest challenge. But I think over the last 12 months, I think we're kind of getting through it a little bit. But to get out of your comfort zone, you will have to take the odd risk. And taking risks are often good ways of learning because not every risk will work. The odd risk will go wrong. Are you one for taking risks? Yeah, um, I take quite a lot of risks, really. But the problem I have is I take the risk and I go back on it when it gets a bit too um, right. hard, let's say. So sometimes I'll, I'll yeah, commit yeah. to more work. And then once I've got through that busy period of taking that work on, I'll think to myself, I'm not doing that again. And then we'll go through another six-month period of being safe and in the comfort zone until I've relaxed. And then it all starts again. And it's just taken a bit too long to get to where I want to get. But there's nothing wrong with being in, in a relaxed position. I mean, if you're in a relaxed position and the, the work is there, the money's coming in, there's no point being a busy fool. No, no, we're, we're not busy fools, really. Again, it's just going back to getting out of the comfort zone. I do want to grow eventually, and I have to get used to the fact that the stresses are going to come along with taking more work on, etc. Mm. So, mm. yeah, it's it's been a difficult one, but we're getting through it. So when you say you want to grow, I take it you want to put a HGV on the road at some point? Yeah, HGV and, and the storage and these old things I want to do. There's like I want to start like a community centre where I am locally, get involved with the community more. There's all, all really? kinds of stuff that I want to do eventually. But to get to that point and deal with that kind of stress, I have to put myself out there basically. Yeah. And staying yeah. in the comfort zone is never going to get me to that. Well, watch this space, everybody. If you could change anything from your moving past, what would it be? Um, going back to what we've just said, really, um, learn to delegate more. I've tried to do everything myself a lot. So I'd definitely look to delegate more things to more people. Delegation, though, is really hard, Craig. I know where, exactly where you're coming from, running a small business myself. When you delegate stuff to people, they don't necessarily do it the same way you and I would do it. And then you just think, oh, well, you've spent half a day doing that. I could have done that in 15 minutes. I'll just do it myself next time. Yeah, but again, it's when you start a business, the end goal is freedom. So if you're constantly doing everything yourself all the time, then you're never going to have the freedom. Therefore, you're stressed and no time to yourself either. Yeah. So you're better off just concentrating on what you are good at and letting other people do what you're not or what you don't like doing, even if it does take them an hour longer than what you do it. <laughs> as long as they're doing it. Maybe I'm just never due to have any freedom. <laughs> I've had loads of freedom this month while it's been quiet. It's been quite good. What have you been doing while it has been quiet then? Concentrating on the business? Well, I went down to Warren's for two days and that were good. Just tidying up and general admin and stuff like that, making sure it's all ready to go when it does kick back in, whenever that may be. Yeah. But yeah. What did you learn at Warren's? Did you learn anything new or did you learn the fact that you pretty much went there knowing not everything, but most things, and it was just a reassurance that what you did know was correct? Yeah, so it were a lot of that and... We got a lot of tools from it, so you know they provided spreadsheets and stuff for us that helped us track right. how many inquiries are coming in, how many were getting accepted of that, and all things like yep. that, and help us understand those numbers better. You know, as running yep. costs and stuff like that. It was really good, to be fair. And I think if anyone wanted to go and do it, 
and thinking about it, I think they should definitely go down and speak to him. Cool. So what is your high point of being in the industry, Craig? My high point is definitely um, seeing my, my name on the van for the first time because I come from from leaving school really, like quite a poor background, let's say, and not many opportunities right. and things like that. And I always wanted to start my own business. And I've tried a few things in the past that's just never really worked at all. They didn't even get started, to tell you the truth. But then <laughs> I remember just turning onto the forecourt where they'd just signed it in my van. And it was my first ever van. It was an old rusty thing. But the uh, the joy I got from looking at it was just like something else. Your name up in lights, like the Hollywood sign. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good on you. And now your name is plastered along all three of your vehicles. Yep. I'm all over the website, which is top of Google on most areas where I live, so people can't miss me anymore. (laughs) So what one thing would you change within the moving industry? So there's quite a few things, really. I know that when it comes to the removals themselves, the actual practical side of it, we're heavily reliant on solicitors yeah. and, and whatnot, so there's not really much we can do about that. It's a bit archaic, the way the solicitors do things. Yeah, and I know in Scotland it's completely different to what it is in, in England, but I don't understand why England yeah. haven't followed suit, to be fair. No, no idea either. I think what I'd like to change within the industry is how obviously others are perceived or you know, some of the big movers, how they, how they look down on some of the smaller movers. I like to see that change. Like you see a lot on forums and, you know, they're quick enough to to put people down, but they won't pick up the phone and help them out. They could put a picture on, on Facebook, let's say, of a van with no blankets or straps or, or whatever it could be. And instead of just ringing them up and giving them 10 minutes of the time and telling them where they go wrong, they'd rather slate them on Facebook instead of, I just think there's there's a lot of uh, knowledge in the industry, and I think it could just be passed down and filtered down a bit more. Yeah, the Facebook forums are not the friendliest of forums. Well, it depends which one you go on, Colin, to be fair. Well, I pulled myself out of all of them, so I'm not on any of the damn things anymore. I got fed up with it. So you would like the more established companies that are on the groups rather than... Rather than moan or point things out that there's no blankets on a truck to literally give a helping hand, just give a bit of their knowledge. Yeah, so what they need to appreciate a little bit more is maybe, you know, some of them movers on there, they've they've come left school and they've walked straight into a company that's already established through the dad or the granddad or whatnot. And, yeah. you know, they've cut a lot of corners yeah. out by doing that. But that guy that you see on Facebook who's just bought a van and got some old towels as blankets or whatever, He's just learning his trade. Yeah. But he could just go and sign up Dole or Job Centre or whatever if he wanted to. But he's actually trying to do something. And I think they should recognise that a little bit more and realise that he hasn't had a silver spoon, let's say, and he's trying his best. I think they should just mm. be given a bit more credit or at least guided into the direction where they can get more help. Yeah. That's what the groups are all about, I think, myself. Well, that's what they should be used for. It should be a way of sharing knowledge and stuff like that rather than slating people, which goes on far too much, far too much. The other thing I wanted to mention on that regard is how people pretend or exaggerate how busy they are or how much they're charging. 
because all that's doing is the new movers or the younger movers are coming on there and thinking that that's the way that they should be doing it. When in reality, half the time it's exaggerated. A lot of them will say they charge £1.20 a cube, for example, when in reality, no one's getting that. Or we're fully booked for three months. They're not fully booked for three months. So then the younger movers comparing yourself to that and that's where it's all going wrong. I think people just need to be more honest, open and transparent with things, in my opinion. That's what I'd like to see changed. Whether that happens or not, it's a different story. Have you actually put that question to some of the Facebook groups? If anyone wanted to search my name into the, the removal groups, you'd find me asking tons and tons of questions at the beginning. Because you've got to keep learning from all these people. Yeah. If you're wise enough to cherry pick the stuff that you know is right and what's not, but yeah. I have asked the questions a few times, but the problem is everyone wants to be liked and loved on Facebook, so they're just going to tell you the complete opposite of what you want to know anyway. Yeah. So, But for all the bad in the groups, there are a lot of good in these groups as well. I'm sure there are an awful lot of individuals that are giving up their time completely free of charge, replying to questions, giving their yeah, advice and, and, and honest answers. It's just now and again, there's just... We, we, we concentrate on the negativity too much from time to time, and it's just not needed. Yeah, so I'm one of these that will ask the questions. I'm not really interested in the ones that's going to give all the crap, let's say. But there's people out there that want to ask the questions, but they don't dare ask the questions, and that shouldn't be the case. Yep. They should be able to ask openly. So there's loads of people on there that's helped me through the last four years. Jeff Archer up at um, North Allerton, he's one of them. Right from day one, he, he were ringing yep. me, telling me what the best Jeff. way to do things and whatnot. And he's a generational mover. Top bloke. So yeah. he's paying it forward. Yep. Obviously, you've got people like Warren. You've got Tommy McNeil yep. at Guardian Removals. Yep. He's another one. Yeah. They're all very helpful. Keep going. They've all been guests on the podcast. Keep going. <laughs> but that's because they've come on, on the podcast because they want to help people. They want to get their word out. And that's the mentality that they've yep. got. Whereas other people will just sit behind a keyboard and just yeah, yeah, yeah. go on and on and on all day. Oh, there's keyboard warriors out there, don't you? I think COVID showed exactly who were a keyboard warrior and who wasn't. I think Facebook tells you that right from the word go. I don't think COVID did it, but yeah. Yeah, that's who we're coming from. So what advice would you give to yourself just starting out again in the industry? So definitely going back a little bit to what I said before is is learn what you can from who you can as early as possible. Speak to as many people as you yep. can within the industry or even other small businesses that are going at the same level as you. Because you can learn a lot from other small business owners, even though it's a completely different sector. And then another thing would be start as you mean to go on from day one. So if you want to be a professional mover, then even though you are only have one van or a small mover, still act professional and portray your company yep. as as professional as you can from dear dot rather than starting scruffy and winging it and then getting professional later i'd say you get a head start if you did it from the very early days and that's what i'd do again differently because my first van were an old rusty thing it said highway maintenance on the back <laughs> so when i was turning up that's what it looked like <laughs> i mean to be fair when i opened the van there were still blankets and everything there but it was just the initial impression the customer may got when they looked out the front room window and there were highway maintenance truck reversing onto the drive 
So it didn't have a flashing light on the top, did it? It did, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't work. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. So where do you see yourself in the industry in the next five years? Let's start with yourself. Where's Craig Atkinson Removals going in five years? Well, I think in five years I will have a truck on the road and maybe a couple more vans. Yeah. And like going back to what I said earlier about the community centre, right. I hope to have like a, a small warehouse, let's say, or a, or a big unit that offers storage. Hmm. Also a little section off that where we can get involved with the community and charity and whatnot throughout the year, different times like Easter and stuff like right. that. And just giving back into the community because if anyone knows Burnley, it's quite a rundown place. I think it's got one of the lowest unemployment rates mm. in the country. So it'd be good to give back a little bit. So that's where I want to be in five years, really. And hopefully myself, just keep improving all the time. You know, I'm quite big on self-development and stuff like that. So do you want to come off the vans and spend more time on the business rather than in the business? Yeah, that, that's what's happened so far this year. I mean, we're only 30 days in. But I think it's my longest stretch off the van, 30 yep. days. And that's how I want it to carry on going forward. So we've already started that bit. <laughs> and where do you see the industry? I think it'd pretty much be the same still, if I'm honest. Unless we get some robots hmm. that's able to move stuff in and out of the van. I don't think much will change. I think there's a lot of technology yeah. that's already there that's helping us with CRMs and video surveys and things like that. It'd just be interesting to see where the legal side of it progresses, if it does, with technology, in terms of sending the money over and the completions and stuff. It's just a bit weird that the removal industry, who's always re renowned as being at the end of the line as such, is using technology more and more, and yet the conveyances are still taking bloody age to get anything done and yet you would have thought they would be using technology more and more and a lot more than the removal industry yeah I've, I've heard a few things i've heard a few things about them keeping the money in the account for longer to get interest and stuff like that i don't know if that's true or not but kind of makes sense i just can't understand why it can't just go through that a little bit quicker or even a some kind of form and agreement to say that you could move in the day after or even things like property searches, isn't it? It's the searches that take ages, and yet they're all, it's all digital, it's all online. Why is it taking so long to get the results from searches back? I, I don't get it. I don't I really either. don't get it. But it'd be interesting to see where the technology takes us, I suppose. Yes, and sustainability being the key word at the moment, so reusing your packaging materials and, and recycling things. and Yeah, there's a few things that can happen, but the actual lifting and shifting will always be lifting and shifting. I have seen the robots at Goodwood Festival of Speed last year. I was not impressed with them. I'd love to see them walk down a set of stairs with a bed. That's not going to happen, but you never know. What I've seen, though, Colin, is um, what could change in the future is 3D printing. So therefore, people may have less stuff to move. The demand for a removal company might be even less. Yeah. When people are only taking personal belongings from one place to another such as just boxes there's no real need for a professional yeah this might be 20 years away but you could just print yourself a piano <laughs> <laughs> and i've even seen it where the the 3d printing houses 
you know, the materials for the houses. So you never know what's around the corner, do you, I suppose? No, you don't. So what do you do outside of the industry to switch off? Or do you not switch off? I don't switch off, really. Weekends, I switch off a little bit more than I do during the week. It's hard as well because Jodie, my wife, she's part of it as well. So we're actually always together and always thinking about it or talking about it. So it's hard to switch off. And are you always in agreement together or do you disagree with one another? Um, most of the time we agree, to be fair. Yeah. Jodie's quite a good listener, so I'll say something. She just sits there listening to it. <laughs> we work really well together, to be fair. Yeah. But then other than that, I don't play football. I like watching football. If I play football, I have an heart attack. So who's your team then, Craig? Man United. <laughs> I should press the stop button now. Yeah. <laughs> Should I always ask that question at the beginning? Yeah, yeah, you are doing well lately. I will give you that. We like doing a lot of walking and we've got four kids, so that keeps us busy. Yeah. And we like going travelling when we can. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, we're quite boring, really. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, you're spending all your efforts on your business. And finally, I like to end my podcasts with a funny moving story. Do you have one or more to tell? So. I haven't really got a funny story to tell. Um, I suppose all these stories that come on, on the podcast are usually, um, you have to be there moments, so they don't quite come across as, as funny as they should. But I've got like, from when I was doing any van and shipley, that were always funny, because it was just a nightmare every day. They were always a story to tell. But towards the end of doing that any van and shipley, we got ourselves into a bit of a situation where well, to cut a long story short, we run out of money. And a lot of it was groupage work rather than removals. Right. So you pick up a lot of stuff in, in the north, take it to the south and yeah. vice versa. And somehow I'd accumulated seven or eight different loads in my garage, which was the midway point, like Burnley. So some were going yeah. up to Scotland, London. And that's where I used to store it until we had a run going up to Scotland or wherever it would be. But this particular time we run out of money. And I was working with my dad at that point. I didn't actually have a driving license. <laughs> so my dad just decided he weren't, he weren't doing it anymore for whatever reason. How we're left with all these loads of people's furniture, all blanket wrapped in the garage. I had no driver. I had no money. One load were going to Belfast. One were going to northern France. <laughs> <laughs> one Belgium. Norwich. There were just stuff for everywhere. So I had to email everybody in the end and say, you're going to have to come and get your stuff. Really? I mean, it's quite funny, I suppose, when you think about it. <laughs> but it weren't at the time. Probably not funny it for the very clients. very difficult, actually. <laughs> but what it did do, it put me in good stead for going forward because it showed me what not to do and how to deal with things, look after your money better and stuff. But yeah, um, I got a lot of bad reviews on Chipley for that. <laughs> well, I'm not surprised because the customer's going to have to come to you to pick their goods up. Yeah. That's not exactly what they would have paid for. But we're a learning curve, and I were only young. <laughs> That's a hard learning curve. I bet the customers, when they turned up, were not happy with you. Well, surprisingly, actually, they was all really understanding because I didn't just ignore them. Yeah, I, don't know, I actually spoke to them and explained the situation. And previous to that, we'd, had, we'd always done what we said we were going to do. Mm. So it weren't a case of I had a track record of being this furniture thieving <laughs> person. So there was all understanding and they all made arrangements and 
and nine times out of ten, they were all right. It was just a select few, three or four posh people that just wanted to leave bad reviews because they didn't get the lamp table in time. <laughs> oh, dear, dear, dear. Craig, many thanks for giving up your time this morning to record an episode of Moving Matters with me. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Colin. Thanks for having me on. You're very, very welcome. Have a good day. Thank you. I sincerely hope you enjoyed episode 61 of Moving Matters. Please rate, review and subscribe in your favourite podcast player of choice and please tell your industry colleagues about Moving Matters. My thanks and appreciation go to Craig Atkinson of Craig Atkinson Removals for giving up his time to record this episode. Thank you again, Craig. If you would like to know more about Craig Atkinson Removals and the services they provide, then you will find links in the show notes for this episode and on our webpage, movingmatterspodcast.co.uk. And please, if you have a funny moving story that can be relayed to our listeners or you would like to be a guest on the podcast, then do reach out to me by completing the contact form on our webpage, movingmatterspodcast.co.uk. Well, that is all from me. So until next time, keep moving.